This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of kink and BDSM. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in trying to figure out what it is that cishet people think it is we're trying to do. Who know? But CJ, do you know what's on the buy schedule for today? I do. That I do. We're talking with Jason. Hello, Jason. Hi. And then we're going to play a game, as is our, our want to do. Happens every time. Yes, <laughs> it happens every time. You know that? Do you remember that song, Dream Street by Dream Street? <laughs> the... My husband would definitely, definitely. He knows every song, so usually I'm just like, yeah. Mm. Yes, no, I don't. <laughs> this was a early aughts hit. Anyway, how are you today, Jason? I'm still pretty well. Pretty well. Um, it's a a big full week for me, so I'm like trying to just get through a bunch of plans and, mm. and finish out, like, wrap up some things that have been big projects for a long time. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hanging in right. there, doing well. Love that, love that. Uh, Want to tell us a little bit about you? Sure. So, uh, my name is Jason. My pronouns are he, him, his. Um, I am a transgender-identified man. I identify as a binary trans man. Um, I came out, <laughs> came out as... Yeah, came out of the, as a whole bunch of different things at a whole bunch of different times. Mm. Um, and then um, I started figuring out that I was trans um, when I was like, I mean, I've, I have all, literally always known that I was not a girl. Um, mm-hmm. That's all. That, like, since I knew what, what gender was to the extent that anyone can. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, I've always known that. Um, but it was when I was maybe like 13, 14 that I started to... Um, I discovered the YouTube community of, like, trans YouTube bloggers, um, and found a whole bunch of channels of, like, trans men who were documenting their transitions and whatnot, and just talking about, like, their life experiences and all that kind of stuff, um, and I, that was when I was like, oh, that, that's what I am. Um, <laughs> oh, that's the one. Yeah, so I came out to my parents when I was, like, I guess I was 14, something like that, and then came out to my whole high school, uh, at, like, the beginning of my sophomore year. Um, and since then, it's, I've just been living fully in the world as myself, um, which is great. Um, I definitely went through an evolution that I think a lot of transmasculine people go through, um, at least a lot of ones that I've talked to, um, where, um, especially earlier in my transition, I was constantly feeling the need to, like, prove my masculinity, right? Mm. And, um, masculine people don't like other dudes. Um, quote unquote. Um, so I was very just subconsciously convincing myself that I was a straight man, um, and dated girls in high school. Um, my, what I, one of the, one of the most important people in my life who I now refer to as my final girlfriend, um, is now (laughs) my, um, was like my high school and then for a little bit in college sweetheart and is now like my platonic soulmate. Um, like we talk every day. Um, That's lovely. There was a period where we did not talk at all, um, but we sure. worked it out because we're meant to be like platonic soulmates are very important to me. Like that was mm. something we figured out together, um, and something I think is really re- unique to the queer community too. Yeah. Um, so yes. like we both had our own like stuff to work out, and then when we were able to, we came back together, and it was clear that we were meant to be in each other's lives, but not as like a heterosexual couple. Yeah. Um, Turns out there's other types of personal great. relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's right? the damnedest thing. Um, <laughs> So, hi Vanessa, who will probably listen to this. She's the best. Shout out to her. Hi Vanessa. Uh, <laughs> nice to. 
I don't know. <laughs> me. So it is me. Learn about. Yeah. Cool. Nice to talk at you. <laughs> that's Yay. it. That's podcasts. <laughs> that's um, it. Yeah. So where was that tangent from? Um, you were dating girls. Yeah. yeah. I was dating girls. And then it was about, it was like during my freshman year of college. Um, after Vanessa and I broke up, that I started to realize that um, dudes were pretty cute mm-hmm. um, and just started to explore that more. And it was like the end of my freshman year that I was like, all right, I'm gay. Um, <laughs> all right, you, you and, caught me into it. Yeah, so then I became, um, I decided to go into college as uh, stealth um, because I was out for all of high school. I was fortunate enough to already be at the point of my medical transition where I was able to be stealth. Mm. Um, and, uh, really went into it, not really planning for that to stay a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it ended up quickly becoming immediately clear that it was going to be a long-term thing because my campus culture was like super fratty. I did not feel safe. Mm. Like I was just like, nope, Mm. shut it down. So I was not out as trans. I was doing a whole bunch of like trans-related activism on campus at the time, but it was this sort of painful thing where I didn't feel like I could attach myself to it. Um, which is a big part of the reason why now that I am, like, this fully out and loud trans person, I'm, like, I, I'm a fully out and loud trans person as I feel like, I kind of feel like I'm sort of making up for this, mm. like, shitty lost time. Um, so, that was fun. Um, but so I was very out as, like, the gay thing, I figured out I was gay, and then it was like, alright, I'm, we're gonna be a loud blaming homo now. So, <laughs> um, That's how it goes. Yeah. That's the deal. Um. And I, I will say that I do, I definitely more so identify with the label queer than gay. I, I will sometimes call myself gay just because I am, I do primarily have sexual experiences with men. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is primarily and not exclusively. Um, and there's just a lot about my personal politics and the way I present myself and the way that I talk that I think is very entwined in my queer identity. So that yeah. tends to be what I, what I identify with more. Yeah. Mm. I mean... Our, we call our podcast My Gay Agenda, yeah. even though neither of us technically use the label gay to identify ourselves, so yeah. we're definitely not ones to uh, cast stones. <laughs> it's just, it's when, okay, queer is a lovely umbrella term. I love it. It's it's my word. But, like, people are going to call everyone in our community gay anyway. Mm-hmm. So it works for a catchy title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. It's marketable. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, Jason, you have been serving this past year as Mr. Philadelphia Leather of oh, yeah. 2019. Can you sort of explain what that's entailed? I can totally explain what that's entails. I've, that's something I've definitely quickly learned in my title year. I had to realize that, like, most people don't know what that means. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I think part of the job of people who are sort of title holders in any community, but I'm going to talk about the leather community specifically because that's mine, um, they're like doing what they're doing for different reasons and have different platforms. But I think one commonality that is sort of the duty of any title holder who's representing a community, um, especially one that is as misunderstood as the leather and BDSM community, um, is to really like bring in new people to be like a welcoming source of information and comfort and familiarity. So something I've been trying to do is, is, Real like not sort of jump into conversations assuming people know what I'm talking about, mm. um, and so explaining my title has been part of that for sure. Um, so it entails for for me what it is entailed is um, sort of the the platform that I ran on was um, a promise to really focus everything I did on centering trans people and our experiences, um, and like advocating for the explicit inclusion of trans people in leather. Particularly Um, since you were the first openly transgender person to hold Mm -hmm. this title. I was indeed. Mm -hmm. So I won on the 30th anniversary of the contest. Um, and yeah, I was, I was the, the first trans man to win. Um, I was not the first trans man to run. I was the first trans man to win. Um, but there, like, there's definitely been some representation on that stage before, which always feels... I've been talking a lot recently about sort of like this sort of wave of um, like surge of trans folk in leather in the last few years, especially in the last year or two. Um, But I've also been doing that, been trying to be very careful to recognize that there are like, this is something that work has been done by trans people in this community for decades and decades. Um, And it wasn't until recently that people started being listened to in the way that they should have this whole time, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, this work has always been happening, and these people have always been here, but Mm -hmm. 
recently some things kind of just like clicked and have gotten through and like our the current international Mr. Leather, um, Jack Thompson, is the um, he is the second trans man to win. Um, Tyler McCormick um, won in two thousand ten. Um, his win was awesome for a number of reasons. He's an incredible man. Um, he did most of the contest uh, from his wheelchair, um, and uh, then won as the first openly trans man. Um, and then so Jack Thompson was the second winner. Um, who is trans and is the first trans person of color to win. Um, so I was the, f- yeah, as, as you said, I was the first openly Mr. Philly. And I was sort of, um, most people who compete at international Mr. Leather are um, people who are in the middle of their title years to some extent, either middle, beginning, or end, but they're somewhere in it. Um, and there are a few of us who sort of wrap up our years and then go. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm one of those, and so I've sort of, I won my title and then was able to see sort of the, the beginning of this trajectory of, like, all these other people who are going to be competing with me at IML mm-hmm. build. And what's been really cool to see about that is since I've won, there's been a number of other uh, trans men who have won, also been the first of their line to mm-hmm. win titles in their cities. And they're all, like, major big cities, like our new Mr. Chicago, Leather is Trans, um... The new um, San Francisco leather is trans. That like there's a number of us. There's up to I think six of us competing for IML at this point. Um, at least I think I believe three trans identified folks competing for international Mr. Bootblack. Um, so it's just a really um, been a really cool wave to watch build, um, especially on the tail of having what will at that point be the outgoing international Mr. Leather being this like beacon of representation um and greatness i don't know it's been like <laughs> watching jack hold, like hold that title this year has been a lot to me in a, in a lot of ways um yeah it's been cool awesome um so there may be listeners who are not familiar with just like the concept of a sure. leather competition sure, or sure, contest sure. or anything like that. Um, and the uh, one for Philadelphia is coming up this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, what goes into these competitions? Like, how, how do you compete to win? Uh, yeah, no, I love this question. Because that's that's another thing that I've, I've been trying to, like, emphasize in my year is sort of explaining, like, what we actually do. Um, and, like, a lot of the... the the good that isn't always just about like sex and sexual expression. Um, mm-hmm. That which I'm not saying that's not good because that's part of the good too, and that's very important for me to emphasize. Uh, very important for me to emphasize that comes out against sex. <laughs> um, I think it's great that we have very uh, events that are they're focused in sexuality. That's what what we're here for. Um, mm. But um, like for example, something that a lot of people don't realize is that the leather community raises like hundreds and hundreds and th- of thousands of dollars for. Um, really important charity work every year Mm. um and so to go so to go back for a minute to your question about actually what's in the contest so for our contest um uh we will have a uh interviews private interviews with contestants between each contestant and the judge panel Mm -hmm. um those will be about i think about 15 minutes or so and then they'll get released out into a meet and greet, which is just to like for the contestants and the attendees and the judges to all sort of socialize together. It'll be on Friday night. Um, it's not a judge portion of our contest. Sometimes people do include that as part of the, the scored judging. Um, we are not doing that. Um, and then the main contest is on Saturday. And so the main, the main parts of that, that everyone will see on stage. Um, we start by the contestants will be brought out in their what's known as like bar wear, which is just sort of like what would you casually wear on like a Friday night to go cruise at the bar? Um, Like what represents you in your sort of natural state? Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, you're just, the contestants are introduced one by one. The MCs read out like information from their application. Um, The audience gets to know the people on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next portion is uh, what we call hot wear because we try to not gender it. Um, A lot of the men's, competitions we'll call it like the jock strap portion or whatever right um so we've always called it hot wear which i like um and so that's like your version of whatever your like skimpy sexy look is Mm -hmm. and at that point you get asked a question um that's like a silly like so for example my question when i won last year 
which was a doozy and took a long time to answer. Um, like I read it out and I could hear the audience be like, what? Um, was I was, we have six judges on the panel and I was asked to, uh, cast all of the judges, um, as the, the kinky six or whatever it was like a queer eye version, a kinky queer eye version basically. And like, what would all of their talents be? Oh, oh like, and kinks. That's so much. Um, and that's such a big question. Right. But so it's supposed to be like, it's not <laughs> yeah. a serious question. Right. right? Yeah. Like, and it's really supposed, it's more about like seeing contestants fun side, their ability to sort of be a little spontaneous, mm-hmm. like have fun on stage. Yeah. Um, but also why don't we have a kinky queer eye? That's, that is also a great question, right? Yeah. yeah. I need, I need yeah. that. I'm into it. Let's make it happen. In my personal life. Um, <laughs> I do have a friend who worked in the background on, on like for camera work and stuff on this past season. The queer eye that was like filmed in Philly. Oh yeah. So like, oh. I'm gonna be like, hey, friend, get that connect. <laughs> Let's make this happen. <laughs> yeah, and then the final, uh, the final part is, uh, which is my favorite part, um, of any contest is where contestants come out in whatever their version of formal leathers are, um, and give a timed speech. Um, and so most, so I mean, sometimes they're not timed. Usually, if they are timed, they're ninety seconds for our contest and for international Mr. leather. It's a hard ninety seconds when you're done. Like mm-hmm. your mic gets turned off. If you're not done, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. You gotta practice timing. <laughs> and that's really for you to speak about, like, really anything you want. Like, um, most people come in with some kind of platform of, like, this is why I want to have this and this is what I would do with my year kind of thing. Um, so in my speech, I talk, I've had this sort of slogan all year of anger into action. Mm. Um, and in my speech, I talked a lot about um, how I think, how much bullshit there is to these tropes of, like, the angry like, angry black woman, the angry queer person, the angry, like, all kinds of just, like, angry marginalized people, right? And mm-hmm. that, I think those words, that word is really used as, like, a degrading insult against people oh, all absolutely. the time. When, and I, my speech was really to emphasize, you know, like, the anger is justified. Like, I basically said at that point, um, I think, my speech was given shortly after the trans military ban. Um, right. And I talked about, uh, I mentioned something about that, um, and I said, like, this is something we should all be angry about. And then I basically said, but the point where I think it gets unhealthy and starts to just kind of sit and, and fester in you is when you, you don't really do anything with it. You let it just sit there. Mm. Um, so that's where this sort of anger into action thing comes from. I with, with recognition that obviously, like, not everybody has the same resources to, like, do all kind of stuff all the time. Like, sure. my prompt is really just, like, with whatever resources you feel you have, like, do what you can with it. Yeah, to just not let it sit with you. Um, and so, yeah, that's where this whole sort of anger into action thing came from. And I talked about that um, more specifically in my platform about wanting to be able to use um, use my platform in the title to raise money specifically for um, organizations in Philadelphia or around Philadelphia that provide services directly and specifically for um, trans-focused organizations, um, especially mm-hmm. organizations that provide services for black trans women and I paused to note there that like that that was a, a sort of growth one of the the biggest lessons of my title year was learning how to speak better about what my ultimate goals were like for example in in my speech on stage last year I talked about um wanting to support organizations that provide services for trans women of color mm-hmm. um which is not wrong um like that that is a fact that that's something I want to do um but I was really grateful to some of the really close folks in my life this year um, who are black people who mm-hmm. um, called me in and talked to me about sort of the importance of really saying what you mean when you're talking about stuff like that. And the fact yeah. that in these instances, you're talking about black trans women. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So that's something that has been really important for me to be sort of, um, I've done a lot of sort of like holding other people accountable for slip ups throughout my year and in my life in general. Um, and I, I try to be very clear and open about the fact that like I will also slip up on things and not be right about things and the most important thing is that you are non-aggressively open to correction right and yeah that, like that's your ultimate goal um so that was yeah a good a good like growing lesson for me this year but so I've been really really happy and proud of the number of like the amount of money we've been able to raise for trans-focused Philly organizations um and especially in doing so through creating events that provided spaces for trans people, Mm. like to be able to create an emotional payoff for trans folk while also like raising money that will go directly into the pockets of other trans folk was just like a really awesome experience. Yeah. Mm. 
Cool. Um, so you're serving as a judge this Saturday. Yeah. What are you most excited about in terms of finding the new title holder? <laughs> so I'm most excited about the fact that the contest is just going to be different this year. And in, in a few different ways, the biggest one is that we have removed the gender requirement. Um, so for, previously, it was the Mr. and Miss Philadelphia Leather Contest. Um, and there were it was a contest for two different titles, a Mr. and a Miss, which is mm-hmm. very binary. Yes. Um, and um, I know that a lot of people in the community also would have felt that there were, um, not just in our contest, but in general, often some issues um, with surprise, surprise, sort of ingrained misogyny and um, not ultimately for a number of reasons that I don't think fall on any one person, but are systemic things where just like the, the Ms. title holder would end up feeling somewhat sidelined or mm-hmm. like they weren't getting the same support as like the Mr. title holder who is, um, I think a big part of that comes from the fact that the Mr. title holder is, is always expected to go on and compete at international Mr. Leather, which is this like, right. big fancy pageant of all pageants. pageants. Um, and so uh, like the Maryland contest this weekend actually just released that they're doing the same thing and degendering the title. And I liked what they said in there about wanting to fully support one representative of their community, no matter what their gender is, rather than sort of have this split, Divided. like feeling yeah, like yeah. someone might not be getting equal treatment or whatever. Like just, we want this to be like, anyone can have this. And like, we would love to support a non-binary title holder, a female title holder, but like we, we want to be able to give them their, our full support. Mm. Um, so that's what we've done this year. We have it. It's a, we're calling it the Thunderdome. Uh, <laughs> what like one, one winner. Um, it'll be, you know, the winner chooses their honorific. Um, we have different sashes for like depending on who wins, um, they can they can choose how they identify um, their title, and uh, we've also added some really fun like queer uh, entertainers this year. We didn't really have performance in the past, um, so I'm excited that we've got that going on this year. Cool. Um, our contest is always free, which I'm really proud of. Um, like you, so you should you should come. It's on Saturday night. It's on Saturday night <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, at the bike stop at uh doors are at seven and the contest is at eight um the contest itself for accessibility notes is up quite a few flights of stairs the contest the live contest will be happening on the third floor um and the tvs on the second and first floor will be live streaming the contest the sound will be on the second floor not on the first floor got it um there are many spaces to watch in various environments um good to note that'll be a cool time Excited. Our, our format, the only thing we've changed about the format is that we added interviews this year, which mm. I'm really excited about. Mm. I think that's how you really get to the heart of, like, knowing a contestant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, the categories that I described before that I went through are <laughs> going to be exactly the same. But now I'm you're excited. in a position to get someone else to cast you in the kinky queer eye. <laughs> right. Oh, I haven't even that's thought about true. what silly questions I want to ask. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to start coming you up got a those. couple days. Yeah, I got a couple days, got a couple days. Yeah. But I, so I guess I'm, as a judge, I'm most excited about being able to just watch how different this this contest has is going to be and like the the changes and uh, the exciting like I'm, I'm excited to get to see people compete for mixed Philadelphia leather we've mm. never had that before yeah um so I just I'm excited Keep to get, get to like yeah, yeah to, <laughs> to be a part of that it'd be awesome um yeah I'm super excited um yeah cool um, so what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to talk about it again? Also a big question. <laughs> yes. I've been struggling with this question we set up. I feel like at this point a lot of trans people are screaming about this a lot, but it doesn't hurt to say it again, is that mm-hmm. um, burden of education is does not fall on the mar- marginalized. Um, and that while... Uh, Google might not always provide all the answers you want to find and you still feel frustrated. There's still usually somebody else that you can go to to talk to about it who is not experiencing the direct harms of whatever marginalization is being discussed. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I've talked a lot with my husband, who's a cis man, um, about his willingness of saying sort of like, I mean, first of all, I married the best cis. Um, (laughs) Like... I got a good one. All right. Um, <laughs> two title holders in the same home. It's incredible. You love to see it. 
Wait, two to, and what's Andy's title? The Sis. Oh, yeah, there we go. Great, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We're making you a sash, baby. Um, uh, anyway, tangent. My husband pointed out recently that it, he feels like he's in this really unique position to be able to put himself out there as a resource in saying, like, hey, I'm, I cannot speak directly from the perspective of being a trans person, um, but I'm, like, on a daily basis very intimately involved with somebody who is um, and who especially has given me express permission to sort of talk on these issues mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and like just sort of talking about the willing cis partners of trans folk especially long term partners who really know like the day to day what the day because he really sees what my life is like you know like nobody yeah. nobody sees what my day to day life as a trans person is like more than my husband um, and before that it was my parents um, who are great. I was very lucky. I had good parents. Um, it's my mom's birthday also. Happy birthday, Hi. mom. Hey. Um, but yeah, so he's been great. And I, yeah, so anyway, short, look, rambling, rambling summarized is that, um, cis partners of trans folk, if they're willing to, to put in that work can be really great resources, I think, for people yeah. who have questions that could otherwise be damaging to or like cis people in general you yeah. don't have to oh, be for sure. romantically Absolutely. and or sexually involved with them in order to uh, learn and then sort of get the okay to for sure. educate yeah. others For sure. I definitely have um, because I have a tendency to speak my mind on things um, <laughs> what? I have <laughs> I, I found myself on a couple of occasions tagged in on something where somebody as a part of a marginalized group that I'm not in was like I'm not, CJ, you know how to talk to people go. And I'm like, all right, great. And in turn, mm-hmm. I, as a member of other marginalized communities, will sometimes tag in people that I trust who I'm like, I do not have the bandwidth for this today. Can you please? Because oh. <laughs> if we're like, it definitely like trust trans voices on our own issues. Do not there we trust us. I, I was just yeah. going there. Definitely yeah. trust trans voices on our issues. But. Chances are that, like, if we're saying it, we've said it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You can always, like, um, find, like, if, if I'm talking about an experience that mine, isn't mine, instead of talking about it myself, I'll go find an article or something mm-hmm. and be like, somebody who actually knows about this wrote about it, and they wrote about it a hundred times better than I ever will. We can be experts without being mandated to discuss it every time, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I'm an expert, but I'm not getting paid to be a teacher. Exactly. It's, about, it's do it on your own timeline. Like don't. It's when it. It's when people are demanding that I do it on their schedule that mm-hmm. I do it in the yes. way they want it to happen. Mm-hmm. That I'm just like, all right. Well, this is where we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I mean, I guess sort of the other thing that's more simplistic to say is just like believe trans people. That's mm-hmm. really my ultimate three word message. Mm-hmm. Like believe trans people if we say especially when like a large group of us are saying xyz behavior from either this one person this group of people whatever is deeply harmful to us like there i just don't see how that's argued with right yeah unless you don't unless you don't believe us the only reason to argue with that is if you don't believe us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so believe trans people that's that's really where yeah (laughs) i love that yeah uh cool so jason what is on your gay agenda what is on my gay agenda um my gay agenda (laughs) (laughs) um is uh i mean i feel like i've got a a mix of like very real well they're all real they're all important but very real and then slightly more silly things in that um my gay agenda is uh to have uh trans and uh, black voices amplified, especially black trans voices amplified in the general gay agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, I don't know, my my husband this recent recently this morning posted his list of uh, primary picks, um, and they included the, the usuals like Warren and Sanders, but they also included people like Cardi B. Um, <laughs> Lil, Lil Nas X was suggested in the comments, mm. like... So just my gay agenda, yeah, is like while I'm really not here for the like making celebrities politicians, just infiltrating systems of power with like the gayest, gayest, gayest people possible. It's really what I'm about. Like I don't necessarily just want somebody 
to lead this country because I like them. But if Janelle Monet wants to take right. on that title, <gasps> right. I'm not oh going to exactly. stop Janelle Monet. For sure. <laughs> no one could. Yeah. Janelle Monet is unstoppable. She's so powerful. <laughs> Janelle Monet is unstoppable unless you have the Grammys. What? Ah! <laughs> and that's not her fault. That's their fault. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That. Yeah. Want to lead yeah. us in the game? Oh, boy. Okay. Hello. I'm your camp counselor. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Taking us back. That is definitely where I discovered some of my gender identity issues. <laughs> oh. Someone actually recently, I did a gender talk with a bunch of middle schoolers. It was awesome. And they asked some amazing questions. And one of them asked, who was the first person besides your parents that you came out to? Mm. Um, and I ended, I had to think about that. Um, and I think it was my, like my, my camp counselors, my camp friends, because I was at sleepaway camp and we were like in a, in a bunk together and there was a lot of just bodies and, and emotions and teenage hormones and discussions and feelings and it ended up coming out then. Yeah. So yeah, my, camp, queer times. My queer identity <laughs> refers to camp is well documented in this podcast. <laughs> Jesus Cape will do that to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just here for the wordplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Camp counselor. Uh, so, I uh, I saw in your bio you talked about flagging mm-hmm. a little bit. And I realized that we haven't talked a lot about hanky code oh, on, yes, uh, yes. on this podcast. Which um, I guess maybe sense. I should define. Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> it's from a time... When it was a little more, still dangerous, of course, a little more dangerous to be openly queer. So by wearing different colored hankies, you could signify to other people in the community, not only that you were queer, but specific sex acts that you would like to partake of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is that an all right summary? Yeah. I mean, it. Yeah. I, I wish since being involved with like frequently being in spaces in the leather community where hanky code is happening all the time mm-hmm. I'm just like why we need things like this for all of life just like nonverbal <laughs> ways to signal mm-hmm. stuff yes leather. Yes. there was like a time in I think it was middle school for me that there were all these different colored like jelly bracelets and they were supposed to mean different things mm-hmm. and not looking back I'm like oh that's just hanky code mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. middle school if you wore those you were queer <laughs> <laughs> So I thought it'd be fun if we did just like a little hanky code quiz. Okay, great. A hanky quiz. Great. Um, I figured this is going to be probably pretty easy for you. I don't know. As soon as you said um, that, I'm like, I'm about to have all the brain farts and totally embarrass myself. But here we go. Well, the great news is that <laughs> it, with all of these quizzes, I create them myself and CJ doesn't know the answer. So they're usually like a lifeline. But also, I don't think CJ knows a single thing about hanky Not code. even, not even a little bit. I am I'm outside of that. <laughs> so you could use them as a lifeline, or if you just think it'd be funny to hear what CJ thinks of color means. Yeah, if you great. want to hear my best guess <laughs> as to literally anything kink-related, some of them <laughs> if you want to hear what obvious. I think is going on. Yeah, some of them are, are very obvious. Yeah, some of them um, are. Which we could start with the obvious ones, or we could go in rainbow order. Oh, that's that cute. Would be fun. But... Before we get into the rainbow, let's start with, uh, what does a black hanky mean? A black hanky indicates that you are into usually heavy S&M play. Uh, to, oh, so just to preface all of these with hanky code, if you wear um, something on, a hanky worn on the right side of your body indicates that you want to be the uh, submissive person in that act, but you want the act done to you. Um, and on the left, it's the opposite, is that you want to be the dominant, that you want to do that act. So Thank you. Yes. yes. And yes, all right, rainbow order, let's go for it. Red. Red is a very common hanky. Um, it is for fisting. For anyone who does not know what fisting is, it's exactly what it sounds. It is inserting an entire fist into a butthole. Yeah. All right. Uh, orange. Orange is an interesting one. Um, <laughs> right. Because depending on what side you wear it on, it means completely different things. Um in that, to my understanding, when worn on the dominant side, it means, like, anything, anytime, mm. anywhere. Um, All right. <laughs> it's sort of, like, people who have know that they have very loose consent boundaries um, will are more likely to flag orange. Um, uh, that is, I'm going to be very careful there to say that, like, if you see someone wearing orange, please do not assume that it means yes. that they <laughs> do not need to be asked for consent at all. That is not what that means. Right. Um, 
But that's generally sort of what that signals, that this person is, like, generally, like, down for whatever kind of good time, wherever, anytime. You still need to, like, probably negotiate, but you could probably beat around the bush yeah, a little yeah, less. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, And then when one of the the other side it is signals that, like, you're just cruising and you don't want to play. Or you're just, like, just looking and you're yeah. observing or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Now, I found, like five different lists and this mm-hmm. one has something like orange apricot coral mm-hmm. rust yeah. so who oh boy oh gosh. i know some <laughs> i know some of the other ones coral is like coral um wait which kind of coral the it's like a more orangey coral okay, no, in this just, list just that's I don't know that's if I know that one. tough would you like to guess that's tough in terms of a signal thing because yes. like oh yes there's oh, so yeah, many especially... colors that are so similar well, and yeah. you're usually in dark rooms. Exactly. Right, so, <laughs> you just, like... just, like, shine a flashlight on someone's Right, pocket. exactly. So, like, I will often flat... Like, very common flags for me are black, navy blue, and dark green. Well... Which, if worn anywhere near each other in the dark, look exactly the same. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think... What if... Flagging, but with, um... What are those? You crack them and then they glow. Glow bracelets. Glow sticks. Glow, sti- glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> the sticks that glow, glow sticks. <laughs> anyway. Or just get a, a regular blue handkerchief, but write the word dark on it. Mm. <laughs> uh, according to this, coral is for uh, toe sucking. Uh, I did know that, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, yellow. is piss boy. Yes, uh, it is. Oh, water, so also known as water sports. Right. Which is really fun. Also a very common one. Uh, when you meet somebody who is like legitimately into sports that happen in water, mm-hmm. and they say that, and for an instant, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the opposite end, it took me a while of friends tweeting about water sports for me <laughs> to understand what they were talking about. I was like, I don't know why they keep talking about it. It's probably something, and I didn't think about it. <laughs> Again, like camp references, water sports. Yep, where, different yep. worlds, you know? <laughs> yep. it, all, it all goes back. <laughs> all right. Green is interesting, but you mentioned dark green. Would you like to? Yeah, so there's green definitely has some different form, uh, formations. Wow, variations, forms. That, that was a combination sure. of words there. Yeah. Um, a few variations. So like Kelly green, I believe, is usually um, worn by sex workers. Yeah. Um, so advertising whether they're looking to hire a sex worker, whether they are giving services as a sex worker. Um, and then uh, something I often flag is hunter green, which is a darker green, and that um, is a symbol of, like, a daddy-boy relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I love a good daddy. Um, <laughs> I have a daddy. He's lovely. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's that one. Yeah. I like uh, this specific list. Um, the... Left and right for Kelly, uh, Kelly Green is Hustler and John, mm, which yes. just feels really like vintage in the twenties. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one. Maybe is it the difference between Kelly and Lime? I haven't seen Lime. I've seen because there's one um, about like dines on tricks. Oh, here's and yeah. then like it, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Lime. There's also like light green, mint green, uh, hunter green with a Kelly Green stripe. Oh, what's that one? Uh, Hunter Green with a Kelly Kelly Green stripe is um, Sugar Daddy. And oh, that makes sense. Daddy. That okay. makes sense. Yeah. There we Which go. is, does make sense. Yeah, it's like the mm-hmm. Venn diagram mm-hmm. there. That yeah. tracks. That yeah. tracks. All right. Oh, gosh. Which blue do we want? <laughs> well, so commonly, like, so navy blue is just, like, butt sex. Pretty common Robin's egg blue. There's light blue. There's... So, like, one of them is cocksucking. Yes. Um, it's light blue. Yeah. Robin's egg is for 69. And yep. if you wear a Robin's egg in your right pocket, it's anything but 69, which honestly, a mood. <laughs> that, yeah, that's truly. <laughs> it's like, that's the hot take of hankies. <laughs> I feel like that has to be a common hanky in, uh, like, I feel like everyone always assumes, like, why everyone? I mean, like, straight, like, straight cis men often assume that lesbian sex is all just mm. scissoring or 69ing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I feel like that flag should or is very common in the lesbian leather community. <laughs> I just want more hot take hankies where you can wear a hanky that's like, I think this sex act sucks. <laughs> you can do it. I hate it. <laughs> uh, the no thanks hanky. <laughs> the 
right? <laughs> no, thank you, code. <laughs> Sorry. I'm leaving. I Bye. should. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, purple. Purple, I've heard different opinions on. So mm-hmm. um, it's often represented uh, for, it often represents piercing play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can also mean a number of different things. Like it can literally mean like a form of medical play where you're doing like needle injections and whatnot. It can mean doing body art using like needles going through the skin and whatnot. Um, or it can mean actual just like giving somebody a piercing. Um, and yeah, any number of things. Or it could mean, sometimes it could be like attracted to people with piercings or like mm-hmm. looking for somebody with mm-hmm. piercings. So just stuff about piercings. Okay. What about lavender? I know this one. Oh my God. Wait, I totally know this one. No, remind me. Uh, likes drag queens. Yep, or there we go. I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it, yeah. I've not been used as a lifeline once, and honestly, I get it. <laughs> I'm like, no, I know none of you. <laughs> well, please, Jen, help. <laughs> well, now that we've gone through the rainbow, I thought it'd be fun to look at just a couple, like, lightning oh, rounds. some fun ones. Some of the, the really yeah. weird ones. And, and I, I like a lot mean, of the weird ones. Yeah, I don't mean, I don't mean weird in any way that is, like, a commentary on the act. Just weird as in, why would you have this material hanging out of your pocket yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. decide it means this. Some of them are hard to come by. Um, like, which, some of these hankies you have to put real effort into, like, finding and making. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I like the like sex, sil- but in this Silver account, lame. Like, yeah. Ooh, what does silver lame mean? Um, like, star fucker. Yeah. What? Which, yeah. Wh- like, which, you're actively pursuing, like... How people who are a big deal for whatever reason. Oh, how like, old yourself. Or whatever, yeah. Got it. Okay. How, that, how that's one that I will say is a dumb one. Because <laughs> <laughs> how full of yourself do you have to be to wear a silver lame one in your, your um, right? Your right, to say, like, I'm a celebrity. The only time, <laughs> the only time there, okay, maybe not the only time, but one of the few times where I'm like, yes, you work that silver lame hanky is when I see femme leather title holders. Mm. I'm just like, you know what? Y'all deal with so much you disrespect. Like, you own that. Like, you know, put that hanky in your pocket and mm-hmm. work it because you are a big deal. Yeah. All you have to say was that, and I've come around. All, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, or black velvet. Oh wait, I know this one too. A black velvet hanky. Where do you find that? It means I don't know where my husband went. <laughs> I fin in our boudoir. <laughs> Murdered, you black. say? Oh black Widow. <laughs> I feel like I should know this because I feel like I remember one time I wrote it like in my flag list. Is it something to do with like softer impact play or something, or is that a different one? No, it, that's not what I don't. It probably is another one. It's not what Black. Oh no, Velvet that's is. a different one. Wait, I do like to. Yeah, wait, Black Velvet black. is for um, taking videos slash performing for yes, camera. Yes, there we go. And then white, vo- white velvets for voyeurs. Yeah, that one. That one I know. <laughs> okay. The rainbow about... polka dot one is another favorite of mine. I, I was going to bring up rainbow <laughs> I love rainbow. CJ, what do you think rainbow polka no. dot? <laughs> and that's my first thought was a clown. And now that's going to expose. Because I can't come up with another answer. Hey, that's awesome, but... <laughs> well, okay, if all the colors mean different things, if you have all the colors on one hanky... See, I thought that'd be with the orange one. <laughs> it turned out to be. I don't know. Rainbow dots on a, on a white hanky is for hosting an orgy. Oh! Or looking for an orgy. Or, or looking whatever. for an orgy. <laughs> I'm just a really good host, is what this handkerchief says. Yes! <laughs> I make the best pigs in a blanket. <laughs> There's... There's something there. There's a joke there. Um, I, I also tried to think of it, and then I gave up so fast. I also like um, red and white gingham. That one is um, outdoors. No, wait, no. No, no, no. Outdoors is mosquito netting. Oh my gosh, what? you're an expert. Um, <laughs> I thought that would be like the one to pull out if you were. If outdoors you were is mosquito netting. Wait, red and white gingham is. You're close. You're this. warm. Outside of hanky code, where does one use red and white gingham? Picnics. Mm-hmm. Where do you have picnics? Outside. <laughs> In a park? Oh, yes. Park sex. Park sex. There you go. Yes. There you go. Okay. I'll and that it. used to be a much more common one because we're losing all the all the outdoor cruising spaces. Like, there used mm. to be, like, back in the day, play, like, parks that were known for being places where gay men would just go to have, like, gay sex, butt sex in the right. bush or whatever. Um <laughs> 
Love alliteration. Not <laughs> <laughs> sex in the bush. New banana, Colin. Yes. <laughs> that is a very good... Okay. Uh, do three more. Okay. Fast. Uh, rust. Ha- rust colored. Like the color. Okay, got not it. Like, <laughs> not like a we rusty hanky. about weird materials. Be... I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I went back to a color just because this one caught my eye. Okay. No, I forget that one. It's for cowboys. Yep, or... yep. A cowboy's horse, mm. which I also love, like That's the hustler great. dog. <laughs> uh, houndstooth. Houndstooth is biting. Yeah. Which I think is fun because like That's a dog. That's <laughs> Alright, um, this one I think I will need an explanation. A doily. Oh, fuck. I know this one too. <laughs> Only fucks fancy lads. I mean, you could be colder on this one. <laughs> it's something about... Does it have no? It doesn't have anything to do with twinks. I don't believe so. No, it's. It's again. Think about where one might find a doily. I. I don't know. It's a tea room top, in parentheses pours or tea room bottom drinks. Word. I. Is it? Is it? Is is it literal? Or am I miss? I. If I'm going to do some research on this. If it is, I'm on board. <laughs> I love a good tea party. <laughs> Just love tea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. All right. Well, I think you handily aced that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 100%. Crushed it. So, uh, congrats. <laughs> and thank you for uh, helping educate our listeners. Yeah. That didn't know about it. Uh, and CJ. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> You only knew it because you looked it up. <laughs> no, some of them. You looked it up at some point. Some of them. You would have had Everyone to. looks it up at some point. I did it. <laughs> Clearly. It definitely is, though. I will say it's really, it's very helpful for me, like, as somebody with social anxiety and just, like, generalized anxiety disorder. Any, yeah. In, in general and, like, panic disorder, I, um... Like, that's, in general, has been something I've really had to navigate doing this year as somebody who is, like, a public figure who is at these big, crowded events all the time with all Mm -hmm. these people wanting to talk to me, um, which is, like, very overstimulating for me. And um, so being able to have this nonverbal way to to sort of not only communicate what I want, but be able to see, like, actually narrow down, like, who of these million people should I, like, maybe try harder to talk to or whatever is a, like, a really nice thing that I wish I had in more parts of my life. It's so helpful. (laughs) Yes. It's a very appealing, like, in to a conversation or encounter that, like, if we had an equivalent outside of that would be wonderful. Yeah. It's like that same hat meme. Same hat. Same, <laughs> same hat. hat. Same gang. Same mm. gang. <laughs> I mean, and I guess the last, like, the last thing that I would really say, just sort of in, in what the title's for, I talked a lot about my specific platform, my trans advocacy and whatnot, but in general, um, sort of the role that I'm in um, and the role that many other people hold in other titles is really to, um, I think a big part of it is decreasing the stigma around kink and BDSM yeah. and all that fun stuff. Um, and that like, we're really not harming anyone um, unless they well, want to be. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it makes us happy and makes our lives full. Um, and, and we do our research um, and we want to pass that, that research and knowledge and, and fun times on to other people who, we want to sort of just be representatives of people who are living um, happily and healthily so that other people maybe feel permission to do the same. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. Thanks so much for chatting with us. Um, My pleasure. I forgot to mention in the uh, our business chats, usually at the end of the episode, we like to give you an opportunity to plug something, like say if there was sure. some sort of contest happening yeah. this weekend. So once again, just real quick, since we already talked about it, um, Philadelphia Leather... Uh, is this weekend, March 6th and 7th. 6th, we will have a casual meet and greet at the bike stop uh, starting about 10 p.m. Um, where we'll have all the contestants and attendees and judges and whatnot. You can come say hi, have some drinks or don't. Um, it'll be a good time. And then the main contest is Saturday. Doors open at 7. Contest is at 8. Um, again, you can also watch it with live stream full sound on the second floor um, while the contest will be on the top floor. Um, and then in terms of any other things I personally am doing... Um, I will be hosting a, I'm the MC for a queer Purim event that is happening at the Penn Archaeology and Anthropology Museum. Oh, cool. And that is on, it's on Thursday, March 12th. Woo! 
Um, from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., there will be drag queens, there will be a cash bar, there will be, like, crafting stations and a costume contest that I'm gonna, like, host and, and narrate and whatnot. Um, try to channel my inner Billy Porter. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be Jewish. It's gonna be queer. It's gonna be gay. Nice. Good times. All the good things in life. Yeah. Tickets can be found on the Penn Museum website, I believe. And I think they are $12. Nice. Reasonable. (laughs) A reasonable price. All right. Uh, If you want to tweet more uh, lesser known hankies at me, uh, I'm on Twitter (laughs) at underscore glitter goblin underscore. And I, I I link to other social medias from there sometimes. And if you like the show, thank you for joining us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. From there, if you want to just go ahead and do whatever those ones do to show that you like what we do on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating, a little comment. Um, Spotify, you can follow. Yes. Yeah, that that's what <laughs> I don't listen to podcasts on Spotify, so. Anyway, um... Share, share this dang thing with your friends. Uh, we're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Gay Agenda Cast. And we're on Patreon. Like Rachel, the snowboarding queen. She's in Colorado right now. Uh, um, Higgins. As well as Tiny Snail. Tiny Snail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you don't like the podcast... Keep it to yourself. <laughs> because Jen and I are really sensitive. I don't know if you picked up on that. Not even just as a marketing thing. You can just, we will be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, put this on your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Be the kinky queer eye you want to see in the yes. world. Yes. Yeah. And that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. We just want to exist. We've been joined by a dog Mm -hmm. this entire recording. She's been sleeping. She's the best dog. Doing a big snooze. (laughs) I love her onesie. (laughs) She's got a little pajamas on that have snowflakes on them. So good. It's very good. And now she's hanging out with us. I knew she would.